1: That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
2: Hey,
3: it's Thursday. and You know what that means? That means it's time to ignite the dynamite the day after the dynamite. And welcome to Day After Dynamite. I'm Will Washington, and I'm not alone here. I am joined by a well-prepared, (laughs) well-seasoned birthday boy. It's Mr. Jeremy Lambert. What's the the old
2: uh, saying in wrestling, Will? Always bring your gear. I always have my gear with me. You know, if I get called upon to come in last second, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm always ready to go, Will.
3: Nah, you've known about this for a while. You totally (laughs) didn't find out you were hosting this show five minutes ago. But welcome, Jeremy. So happy you're here. On your birthday. I didn't want to ask you on your birthday. That was the thing. I didn't want to because I'm like, uh, I hate asking people to do stuff on their birthday. Because let me tell you, I have everything marked off on my birthday. I'm not going to work. I'm not doing shit on my birthday. You don't ask me to do literally anything on my birthday. That's not the way this works.
2: See you have it down correct, Will. Me, I've already done one show today, so it's not like <laughs> I haven't done any work today. I've already done one show, and now I, I'm I'm here. I've already been doing other work. Look at this, a, a cheer wine just got handed to me out of the blue. Got more. I got some sugar. I'm ready to go. This is my North Taste of North Carolina because I'm no, no longer in North Carolina. Um, I work on my birthday. Will never stop working. Sean Rossat oh, doesn't give me a day no.
3: off. No, L- last time I worked on my birthday uh i was a so so long ago this was i was a gamestop employee right and literally i forgot what game had come out that day but there was like a mad rush out the door i feel like it was like a call of duty or something um and there was like this mad rush of people all in to pick up the stupid game and i just wanted to leave and i couldn't and uh there was just <laughs> this line of people and like all I needed was the line to relieve itself. And I was like that type of employee that was like, oh, I can't leave all those of customers. And they just kept on coming and coming. And eventually I ended up getting off what was supposed to be seven o'clock and I ended up getting off at nine. And so all I wanted that day was Red Lobster and I didn't get Red Lobster. And I was annoyed. And from then on, I pledged never again will I work on my birthday. No matter what it is I do, I will not be working on my birthday. And here I am. You're, you're smarter. You're smarter than me, Will. I'm not that smart. <laughs> yes um so let's talk let's talk all things that are happening in the world of wrestling the day after dynamite because that's what the show is Day after dynamite um there's a lot to to discuss of course there's dynamite in itself which we will be discussing that's what the show primarily does but i also talk about the news around aew um there's been a couple of stories to drop this week uh there's a story out uh right now i believe it was deadline that dropped the story and let me make sure i'm giving my proper citation of course you know jeremy because you deal more in news and stuff like that but um there was a discussion about um warner brothers discovery and uh and they're looking at Lowering costs. Of course, we've been talking about that for months, right? Because Warner Brothers Discovery has been laying off people left and right. They've been canceling shows. Um, I had a story in Fightful Select uh, about, I don't know, it's been like three weeks now, um, where I had talked with some people from Warner Brothers Discovery about their relationship with AEW. I also spoke with AEW representatives about the relationship with Warner Brothers Discovery, and they were very positive about it. Um, and one of the things to come out of this deadline story um was specifically noting that uh tnt and tbs could be looking at more aw programming and of course that had a lot of head scratching going on right because the there's the wait a minute how could they be canceling programming while simultaneously be looking at pulling in more AEW programming i'll tell you how folks because i have been saying this for months and it feels like it's been kind of getting missed going over um a lot of people's heads here because i know the go-to for people is to think in wcw terms because that's historically all we have to go off of it is wcw was owned by time warner at the time time warner merged with aol And as they went through cutting costs, one of the first things to go was WCW and all of its programming that was airing on TNT, TBS, you name it. Wherever there was uh, WCW programming, they wanted it out. They sold it to Vince for an astoundingly low amount of money, and they washed their hands of it. That's what a lot of people are immediately jumping to when it came to, well, Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, Or sorry, Warner Media merged with Discovery. And they're cutting a whole bunch of costs. And last time this happened, wrestling was the first thing to go. So why wouldn't it be this time? I will tell you why, friends, why this is not the first thing to go. Because what you were looking at before, I know it was easy to say, well, they didn't like wrestling, so that's why they got rid of it. But it was a lot more complicated than that. What happened last time was that WCW was on Warner Media's books. Or not Warner Media. Specifically, I need to say Time Warner and AOL Time Warner. They were on their books. And what I mean by that is they owned the entire company, which means they were on the hook for the production. They were on the hook for the TV contract. and Not TV contracts, the talent contracts. And on top of that, They owned the network, so they didn't exactly have a TV deal. They didn't have a TV rights deal where they were being paid X amount of money for the show. It was WCW never had a TV deal. It was literally a, um, they're just using the space that they own their own real estate. But with that comes just more cost. Uh, Essentially, WCW's overhead was absurd. And that's a lot different of a situation than what AEW is dealing with, right? AEW is independently owned. They, they operate independently. They have a media rights licensing deal with Warner Brothers Discovery. Now, when you look at what Warner Brothers Deco- Discovery is doing, and they're canceling shows left and right, um, whether they're canceling the HBO shows, they're canceling TV shows, they announced that Snowpiercer is not going to continue. They said that they're not going to do any more original programming. And what they mean by that is specifically they're not going to be diving in to fully owned original content they're not going to be doing any of that uh they're not going to be dealing with the the casting the staffing the production any of that kind of stuff what they want more so right now is licensing deals because that stuff is pretty cut and dry you pay for the show you air the show you don't have to deal with any of the production you don't have to deal with any of the staffing you don't have to deal with paying any of the talent the company deals with that whoever you're licensing it from so from warner brothers discovery's perspective content like AEW is actually more attractive to them than content like Snowpiercer where they're spending 7-8 million dollars per episode whereas instead you pay whatever the agreed upon amount is for this TV contract and it's up to AEW whether AEW is spending $10 million a show, whether they're spending hundred billion million per show, that's irrelevant to Warner Brothers Discovery. They don't care about any of that. They don't care about the contracts. They don't care about none of that. As long as we have a show on Wednesday nights that we paid for, we're happy with that. And they want more content like that. They want more licensing deals because that stuff is appealing to them. It's kind of like Big Bang Theory, right? Big Bang Theory is a show that they pay $1 billion for, but it's a show that is already done. It's already in the can. It's never going to cost them any more than this one show cost them because it's a done deal. And they simply pay for it to air it. They know what it's worth. They know what it's going to bring them in TV viewership. And that's the kind of content that they're looking for going forward. And so looking at this uh, looking at this story, um, it didn't surprise me when this came out of Deadline that it said that they were looking at um, producing more content from AEW or wanting more content from AEW. Because at the end of the day, AEW is going to produce the content and all Warner Brothers Discovery has to do is air it. And they don't necessarily have to deal with much else than that. And that is, in a nutshell, why the content is going to be more appealing to them. And as time goes on, they're going to be looking at licensing more content, licensing more original content, where it's like you, you pay kind of outside studios to air their content and uh, and not have to deal with the cost of trying to produce all of your own. That's... Killing Netflix right now. Netflix was making money hand over fist when they were just uh, licensing content. That's what people like Netflix for. Majority of people were just watching it for The Office, and what else was Netflix airing at that time? <laughs> but like, I was mainly watching it for for The Office.
2: Yes, um, right. I think they had. I think they had Always Sunny on there yeah. as well. But that you know that was a big show. I mean, that's that's still on. But and yeah, that, the Office that was hand over big hit for them.
3: They made a ton of money from that, right? But then they turned around and uh, started getting in the business of producing their own content. That, you get why you want to do that. Because essentially, you want to own all all of your own intellectual property. And that is ultimately the goal in producing your own content. But it can be a money pit, right? Because all of a sudden, when you're on the hook for paying talent, for paying staff, for paying uh, production, all of that stuff. And you're also... The place that houses it so then nobody's paying you for the content anymore except the consumers themselves. At that point, you're producing a money pit. And that's what Netflix was doing. And that's essentially what HBO Max ran into where they looked up and went, like, we're making all these shows that people like, but it's still a direct-to-consumer type of transaction, no one's directly paying us for this content. It's not like a Peacock situation where WWE is making all this money because Peacock handed them $2 billion for five years of WWE content, right? Like that's that's huge. Or was it a billion? Uh, I think it was a billion. I think it was a billion. Know. Yeah, it was a billion. Yeah, I think it was a billion. Yeah, either way, point being, um, I think just a lot of the worry, and I, like I said, I've talked to people at Warner Brothers Discovery about this, this isn't just me like, Picking stuff out of my brain, right? And I've talked to people at AEW about this. Um, A lot of the worry, again, I feel is a little bit, um, I won't say unfounded. Because obviously, at some point, Warner Brothers Discovery could turn around and say, actually, we don't want to pay for AEW content. But then at that point, what content do they even have anymore? Um, Then what are they even doing? Uh, Like, what is TBS at that point? What even new shows is it? uh producing what shows does tbs have what is an american dad and even still that's a licensing deal that's not a show that they produce in themselves it's a show that they license for new episodes for new content um i think you're gonna just start seeing the networks go more and more in that that direction now of course this is one of those things that could sound really outdated in a couple of years because at the end of the day i think everybody has to look at the solution of what do we do about cable because cable's not growing. It's not exactly a place where, um, like it, it is still the premier destination for television content. It ultimately is. But I think every company is asking the question, what the hell do we do? like we're still not on a platform that is growing. Cable was growing in the 90s, it was growing in the 2000s. And then it started shrinking in the t- teens and it's very much shrinking in the 20s. Um, There's still that question. What do we do with that? And I don't know what the solution to that actually is, because as everybody, as all of these services out there want to get in the live content game, I don't feel like anybody's mastered it yet. And I think we're still a long way off from having a live content standard for streaming services.
2: Everybody's paying Amazon I mean, tonight, we have Thursday Night Football. They paid how much mm-hmm. for the NFL package? So, yeah, everybody's paying for the, the live content, like you mentioned. I will say this on the, going back to, to Warner Brothers Discovery 1, you've been on top of this from very early on, maybe day one. So, shout out to you, Will Washington. You know, you said it, like, you know shit. You're not just pulling stuff out of nowhere. Like, you know <laughs> your shit.
3: Um, I talk two, to people. Like, that's the thing, because yeah. I try to have conversations. <laughs>
2: <laughs> two you made a good point about like Pete, like look at the WWE and Peacock relationship and think of that when it comes to Warner brothers and AEW is like Peacock just paid a bunch of upfront stuff. And it's like, all right, well now we own all your stuff. It's all on our network. And this is kind of how Warner brothers could be thinking when it comes to AEW is like, all right, we'll pay you all this upfront money. Now we own all your stuff and now just go produce everything that you're going to produce. And it just airs here. Like that's how I'm looking at it. Uh, in, and in, and, in and that works than... for
3: Peacock, right? Because Peacock yeah. like granted, Peacock does have their original content, but we've also heard that it's become really expensive and it's uh stuff that they um it's stuff that could ultimately not prove lucrative for them. Whereas again, WWE they don't, they don't have the overhead cost of producing any of the WWE content. That's WWE's problem. And WWE, it's not even a problem for them because they look at it as it's content we produce and it's content we get paid for by this network. And that's that's kind of the the, the type of bridge that most companies want to have. So mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be interesting.
2: Tony Cohen, he's he said this a bunch of times, but this is a, a new interview that he just did with uh, Sportacast. I believe I just listened to it today. Yeah. And he talks about the relationship and he's like, you know, things are good. I do. And he's basically, obviously he's trying to present optimistic. If things are bad, he's not going to outright be like, things suck. We're, we're screwed in a year when our TV deal is up, but he made good points of like, you know, they asked us to do shark week. We did that shark week. Uh, They asked us to do shark week. We did that. And then, they asked us uh, a couple weeks later to do House of Dragon, and and we did that. It's like we have a good relationship, we're integrating all of their stuff. Everything seems to be going well. They always tout the ratings. Uh, you know, they're they're number two on cable every single week in the top two, I should say, in the top two on Wednesdays every single week. I think the I think the biggest issue is what you set up top is people want to think it's WCW all over again because there's been a regime change and they think the sky is falling because of that. And they have to realize that was 20 years ago. These are different people. The the streaming services work different. How we consume this stuff works different. and Everything about this situation is different than the WCW situation. So let's not compare the two.
3: And one thing AEW did note to me um, that I didn't put in my article was that Look, this is their third regime that they've gone through. This isn't like, uh, and there seems to be doom and gloom every single time there's been a regime change. But yeah. the regime that they're currently dealing with is not the last regime. And the last regime was not the first regime. This is the third regime that AEW has been under since the uh, since their arrival on TBS. And each time things just seem to to create a sense of doom and gloom. And then all of a sudden it's like, actually things are fine. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, AEW is the the company I cover more than anything. And so it's the one I, uh, deal the most with. And, uh, with that, of course, every time I, I tell people, hey, things aren't like really that bad, then they're like, actually, you're a shill. And it's like, well, you know, I've been doing this stuff for 17 years. And like, do you think that this is the company that literally 17 years, (laughs) like it's not, um, I've I've seen all of this. I've seen it all go through. I've seen it all happen. I I, I covered the arrival of TNA on uh, first off. It's leaving FSN back in the day. I covered its uh, arrival on Spike and all of its subsequent networks that it ended up on. I've covered every single aspect of WWE's network changes since 2005. Um, I've seen all this stuff, and uh, and then like I said, I. I ask questions. Um, speaking of asking questions, I asked around a little bit about another story going around that I feel and look, I don't like to knock other reporters. It's not what I ever like to do. Um you can if you want, but that's not <laughs> my, not what I like to do. But I will say that depends on who it's from. <laughs> there was a headline from Body Slam today that like actually got some people up in arms about Stokely um when like you actually um, read the the quote itself that came from Wade Keller um i don't know i feel like it... that was
2: that was weird like when i read that i first saw that on reddit like when i read that i was like really it, that that was what people thought that was the takeaway there mm-hmm. like, i don't i don't know stokely on a personal level i have i've had conversations with him very minor conversations with him Always seems like a nice guy on social media. And that was a very weird report because everything I've heard about him has been nothing but positive things. And that promo last night, we'll talk about it, but I didn't think this was let me get myself over at all. I thought he did exactly what he was supposed to do in this promo. Well, I felt like
3: from... So I had to find the actual Wade audio because I felt like it was a passing quote where he was just like, and, and Stokely has a reputation for um, getting himself over more than his clients and blah, 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 blah. And then for whatever reason, that turned into the headline of Stokely Hathaway has heat for getting himself over. And I thought, hmm, I, I, I don't know. I would have gone with a little bit or had a little bit more substance to that had that if that was the quote I was going to run with or the headline I was going to run with. Um, and of course I talked to a couple of people who weren't happy about that headline. Cause Stokely is very well liked. Um yeah. And uh, so nobody would go on the record with it, but it was a, um, and you can see people having fun with it on Twitter right now. Stokely himself is having fun with it. Uh, but yeah, I it was almost an immediate reaction of like, that's, not really the case and I personally don't feel that way so
0: uh
3: yeah that was I just thought that was interesting um there I guess those are your news tidbits of the the afternoon
2: see I ignore stuff like that when I read it I'm just like oh all right sure that sounds dumb because I I try to read everything and then as someone who does a lot of the the news reporting and writing it up I have very well learned of well like what to kind of take as truth and what to kind of take as all right this is just kind of passed off stuff and I've I've even screwed that up the the recent example being one that you basically corrected when it when it came to Dave I thought this was good to go and then Will Washington is like nah that shit's wrong (laughs) wait which one was that oh the language thing with Warner Brothers (laughs) oh yeah 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 dave was that seemed like one where it was like adamant that this was coming like david talked to people david he was completely like 100 Mm -hmm. this is the direction and i'm i feel like i'm good at like parsing what dave is saying and i believe that dave like fought this or whatever and then come to find out like sean is messaging me and be like yeah actually that isn't quite what's going on here i was like all right cool like you know this was one there. He seemed pretty adamant about compared to other ones where I don't like when people, you, you mentioned, take quotes out of context or just mm-hmm. it's an opinion and they try to pass it off as in a report. I don't like that. I try to do not do that when it comes to certainly Dave, because a lot of people do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought that was one where he seemed confident in the reporting of it. So and- I went with it.
3: And it wasn't my intention, by the way. Of, oh, I know. Uh, I know. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the way that that went, I'll even tell how that part of the story came about, was that I had been working for days on that Warner Brothers Discovery uh, AEW story, right? And then uh, the then all of a sudden, I wake up, I read The Observer on Friday mornings. It's what I do. And I see that line that says, Warner Brothers Discovery asks um, AEW to tone down language. And I thought, huh. That's like almost contradictory to the story I'm working on. (laughs) I should get some clarification on that. And I was asking from the understanding that it was correct. Like when I went to them, I said, Hey, can you just give me some clarification on what exactly you asked AEW to tone down specifically? And the response I got was, We didn't ask them to tone down anything. And I went, Oh, okay. Let me. Let me ask AEW about this. I asked AEW reps, same deal of like, what were you asked specifically by Warner Brothers Discovery to tone down? And I got the same response of, we weren't. Um, This was a Tony Khan statement that he wanted wrestlers to stop taking liberties with promos, but that didn't come from the network. And they went, oh, well, I guess that's now a part of this story that (laughs) I now have to, to issue a kind of like correction to what had happened there because... Uh, and, but like I said, that wasn't my intention. I don't go around going, well, let me make sure Dave Meltzer wrong. Like that wasn't, that wasn't what I wanted to do there. That wasn't the intention. And I didn't even ask from that perspective. I just ended up with that information and went with it. Uh, so that's how this can go in, I guess, doing this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. and Hey friends, I got some other notes for you. Uh, don't forget, leave us a thumbs up and make sure to tap that subscribe turn on notifications there's nothing like getting that notification that pops up at the top of your phone that says hey day after dynamite's live and you have a little cover image that has me with the the winking going like that and uh it's great you see it in the bottom left corner of your screen right now but uh there's other things happening subscribe to fightful select five dollars that's all we ask for for fightful select you get a ton of content you get um i mean the the scoops have been phenomenal left and right the the, especially this last month uh and then there's lots of original content as well such as did you know about 90 minutes from right now there's going to be a brand new edition of ask grapsody with myself phil Lindsay, and righteous Reg. uh we're going to be talking lots of stuff we're going to be answering any questions you have um and (sighs) it's ask grapsody anything you've got for us i'm happy to answer power
2: rangers Uh,
3: yeah, we we always are willing to talk Power Rangers and all that uh fun stuff. And then also we I don't know. Um there's been this all this talk about paywall fill and how paywall fill is just uh outrageous and out of this world if you don't know paywall fill yet. Well, you have to get behind the paywall. But yeah, uh, check out Askrapsity that's coming up in just a little bit here um and yeah don't forget to send us your super chats uh there's actual super chats right over here we've got one from ryan ben who just wants to say happy b day jeremy so how are we having a run-in uh i don't know i guess sean's gonna have to do the run-in now which he sean already has also ran been in.
0: sean already ran in on my show earlier this show is sponsored by better help if you had an extra hour in your day what is the first thing that you would do
1: That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
3: Oh,
4: he's already done
2: that. Yeah. (sighs) biting off his own bit. Sign up to Fightful (laughs) Select and uh, listen to The Weekender with Steven Jensen as well. I got to make sure my man Steven Jensen gets some love.
3: Yeah. Also check out Fightful Overbooked as well. There's uh, some cool stuff happening over on Fightful Overbooked, um, including... Uh, look, I thought Strong Style was very good, actually. Um, oh, that's that's now our best
2: show. So. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out yeah, to Shared Delaware.
3: That, that is excellent. That is excellent quality programming that you can only get over on Fightful Overbooked. I'm still a believer on Fightful Overbooked, even if uh, this show here got the call-up uh, last month. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely send us your Humper Chats as well, humperchats.com. Uh, where over the last six months, I haven't had to ask Jeremy to help me with those because uh, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> that used to be a anymore. weekly, a weekly I
2: occurrence,
3: <laughs> yeah. It's because I, I figured out in the, the settings how to like stop that from happening, so now we're good. Uh, and <sighs> are there are other things. There are other things i guess not nothing else i want to like mention right now um i do want to talk about aew dynamite a show that took place last night it was in albany new york Nobody had a steamed ham sign. I was hoping for a steamed ham sign. Look, it's an Albany expression, and I just wanted to see some steamed hams. I even had Bill Oakley retweet my request for somebody to bring a steamed ham sign. You recognize Bill Oakley wrote that skit. I didn't even tag Bill Oakley in it, and he saw it, and (laughs) was like, yeah. Also, I want people to bring steamed ham signs to, to Albany, New York. And for those of you too young to know steamed hams, Shame on you. But if you've never seen the episode 22 Short Films About Springfield from season seven of The Simpsons, one of the best episodes of television ever made. Uh, And the best segment of the 22 short films about Springfield happens to be a little skit called Steamed Hams. That's not even the actual name of the skit, um, but that is what the um, the people, the Simpsons fans had, uh, have, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess affectionately dubbed that segment. Uh, I think it's officially titled Unforgettable Luncheon, uh, but <laughs> uh, Steamed Tams is so much better. Anyway, if you've never seen that episode, 22 short films about Springfield is excellent. There's like one little continuity error in the fact that it starts with Barton Milhouse kind of squirting condiments on passersby. And then they're like, I wonder what goes on in the lives of the people of Springfield. And then it jumps between 22 different um, stories about people in Springfield. But one of those stories includes Milhouse. But how would he have been in that story if he was up squirting the mustard condiment uh, at the, the top? I don't know. Either way, Albany, New York. Um, So yeah, I don't watch The
2: Simpsons. Simpsons. I have nothing to add (laughs) to The Simpsons discussion. Don't
3: watch The Simpsons. Look, I don't actively watch The Simpsons anymore. I haven't watched... uh, I watched this past season. It wasn't that bad. But uh, I think I made it actively through seasons one through like 24 before I was finally like, okay, I can't do this anymore. And uh, then I recently watched season 33 and it was actually pretty good. So, I don't know. I'm a big Simpsons guy. I just am. I'll never not be. Seasons 1 through 8 are, no, seasons 3 through 8, some of the best television ever produced. 9 is where it kind of starts to get a little absurd, and then 10 is like, you'll find one or three episodes in there. But, seasons, uh, yeah, somebody in the chat just said, uh, seasons 2 through 9, GOAT. I agree. It's. I don't think there's better television written than that. Um, I'm a South Park but fan. When did I fall off of South Park? I think I made it through the first like 15 seasons, and I watch every major one that comes about. Like I saw all the the COVID episodes and all of that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean,
2: that one like South Park has kind of fallen as well i'm
3: not gonna <laughs> be like trying
2: to champion this when it's, it's not the the greatest material in the world but i'm gonna stick with it i'm gonna continue to stick with it and i think so i mean, better than The simpsons i'll take that to the grave
3: with me whoa yeah, I whoa i said it whoa, whoa, whoa. look don't care if simpsons willing... did
2: it first i don't care if simpsons <laughs> did it first south park did it better
3: i was willing to big up south park here but uh in a south park better than the simpsons discussion Look, has South Park had better longevity? I actually think it has. But Peak Simpsons is better than Peak South Park, easily. Um, anyway, this show opened up with <laughs> John Moxley going one-on-one with Sammy Guevara, a match that we last saw at Bash of the Beach. I think it was January 15th, 2020. And... It was a tournament match to determine the number one contender to face Chris Jericho at the time. So we're back here because yeah. TK loves tournaments. And you know what? <laughs> I love tournaments. It's an easy way to basically have matches that have stakes. And uh, and by the way, I agree with the chat. Beavis and Butthead is, is up there. That new season is so good. I've heard the, good things. I've heard the good movie, things. Uh, Do the Universe, is like I... Watched it twice now and have fallen out on the floor laughing at it. It's that good. Um, they have done a wonderful job making Beavis in particular a somehow a compelling character in a way. Um, Cole, by the way, says Aurora Borealis. Entirely localized on this podcast. I, too, was sad. No signs were made at Dynamite. Happy B-Day, fellow Avalanche fan, Jeremy. Yeah. Thank you, Cole. The, the
2: champ shirt. Right there. there we go. Thanks,
3: man. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of an Avalanche fan. I'm I'm one of those local Fairweather fans where when my team's doing good, I'm with them. Um, been been but with I'm...
2: them since since the '90s. No, <laughs> with them since the '90s.
3: Look, I live here, so like, I I I recognize all of the uh the joy that Avalanche fans have experienced year to year i'm also a broncos fan and so i do also recognize oh yeah and somebody in the chat just said sorry about your broncos Will." <laughs> yeah i'm so hold up i'm gonna take a pause for pro wrestling for two seconds because i took a pause from pro wrestling this past monday to watch said denver broncos i was like raw or the broncos hey broncos got the monday night game against the seattle seahawks we have our new quarterback russell wilson playing against his former team this is the perfect game for me to be watching especially to establish the broncos new regime let's do this watch the whole thing start to motherfucking finish and i could not believe that last minute or so everything about that Made zero sense. I hate to be Mr. like armchair coach, right? Like, I hate to be, oh, I could have done that better. Oh, what are you doing? That didn't make any sense. But I don't understand why anybody would have made that call they made. Just understand for those who weren't watching, it was fourth and five. Broncos are at what the 50 yard line? There was, what was it?
2: I think like the 46-yard line.
3: 46, something along those lines. It was close to 50. We could round up, right? There was a little over, a. Um, I want to say there was like 50 seconds to go after uh, that third down play. For whatever reason, with three timeouts remaining, they ran the clock down to 20 seconds. Nobody's calling a timeout. I'm screaming at the TV. Why aren't you calling a timeout? Call a timeout. What the hell are you doing? Somebody call a timeout run it down to 20, finally call a timeout of 20 seconds. And then they pull out Russell Wilson and put in Brandon McManus to attempt a 64-yard field goal, which he's never hit. Why even sign Russell Wilson? No, <laughs> I mean, look, the statistical likelihood of Russell Wilson converting fourth and five is way higher than Brandon McManus completing a 64-yard field goal. Nothing about any of that made sense. It's poor time management, putting in Russell Wilson, I mean, taking out Russell Wilson in his first game as a Denver Bronco. Everything about that was just insanity. And uh, at the end of the day, Broncos lost by one to the Seattle Seahawks.
4: It was Insane. Something. It yeah. was
2: something. Yes. Uh, Adam says Fate Manning called the timeouts. That's what I was doing there. Manning just uh, the Manning catch is like, gotta call a timeout. Gotta gotta call a timeout here. What do we gotta call a timeout? Cool. Say I
3: wasn't even wa- I was watching the ABC broadcast and I'm still like Manning timeout. Is, is anybody calling a timeout? Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm gonna give that a try next time around, but <laughs> I'm sitting there like somebody call a timeout. Why are there no timeouts being called? Just call a freaking timeout. You have three. Call a timeout.
2: I mean, at least you didn't lose to the Browns on a last-second field goal. That's what happened to my team. Rough sports <laughs> week, Will. Rough sports yeah. week.
3: Look, as long as uh, I mean, I don't know if it was as bad as the um, the Bengals lost to the. That one was Steelers, a bad one but... too.
2: Where's Sean to come in here? Let's just have football commiseration <laughs> when we're supposed to be yes. reviewing AEW. This is yes. what we're doing.
3: Antoine Blade says, "Poor Denver. They have to give money to the Waltons and Stan Kroenke to watch the sports ball." Well, uh, John Moxley is somebody I would give money to because John Moxley is somebody that uh, a lot of people have been talking about the last day. Didn't quite make a list that he should have made, but regardless, if there's one person on Earth who doesn't care about that at all. It's likely John Moxley. But he went in there. He had a match with Sammy Guevara. This was great. This was uh, very good. Um, Sammy Guevara is... He had a promo this week on Road 2 that uh, pretty much a lot of people have been having fun with. I saw a quote that said it reminded them of uh, Maury when, <laughs> uh, right before the uh, reveals of a paternity test. Yeah, that wasn't any good. I didn't like that promo at all.
2: Really? really. I saw a lot of people didn't like the promo. Like I didn't think it was I just watched Dominic Mysterio's promo this week, all right? You can't tell me <laughs> that Sammy Guevara was doing anything awful after I watched that thing. I didn't I didn't think it was as bad as everyone else was. I mean, it was it, out to be.
3: it was really shouty and also like for a guy who does have a five-star match from Meltzer this year i thought what is he like screaming about he like actually has one
2: and yeah uh <laughs> it was a little all oh. over the place and i don't like when somebody's character is i deserve this i deserve this why is this for because aw is kind of leaning into that character a little bit too much right now mm-hmm. um so it was uh, yeah it was a little all over the place in that sense but like i like that he showed some fire and everything the material probably could have been tightened up but it did seem like he was just let me go right now and he didn't even have time maybe he i'm sure he rehearsed it a little bit but again i watched dominic mysterio at least sammy had some passion (laughs) and some conviction in his voice when he spoke look
3: look dominic mysterio Cannot be compared to anybody else at this stage right now. I had concerns like two years ago that (laughs) he may not have it. And uh, I kept getting told by people, no, 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 give Dom a chance. And and now here I am two years later feeling like he probably could have spent two years like developing a lot better. And uh, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of guys his age in the biz who. McVar um, I mean, is his age.
2: I think he's a little, Sammy's a little bit older, but.
3: Yeah, but he's like. Too far off. I know, but like, isn't he? I don't think he's that far off from like Austin Theory. I think they're about the same age. It's not uh, Austin they, Theory being young. I think Austin Theory might actually be younger than Dominic Mysterio. Um,
2: Dominic Mysterio <laughs> not good. That's the point. That's the point here, everybody.
3: Yeah. So, either way, I enjoyed the match. I thought that John Moxley and uh, and Sammy went out there and and did their thing. Um I actually like this better because I just recently watched the 2020 match to kind of prepare myself for this. See if there were any callbacks. There were, um, and see how it basically compared as as a performance. And I thought this was actually a little bit better to me. Um, and it showed that Sammy has because a lot of people who come down on Sammy say he hasn't evolved as a performer. Disagree. I actually think he has. Uh, and I think Moxley just being in the form he's in. Uh, was very good. There was the spot, of course, where he took the the knife edge chop from Sammy, basically feigned falling down from it, got back up, and swung back at him. Uh, of course, the match had interference. We saw Ty J run down, and uh, Anna distracts the referee, Ty then um attempts to low blow moxley mostly kicked kicked him him in in the
2: asshole
3: yeah no she was more of a kick in his in his asshole and then uh that resulted in sammy nearly getting the victory um he goes for the gts uh and by gts i mean gth and then uh moxley uh reverses out of it hits the death rider uno dos trace he moves on to the finals at grand slam next week but wait, there's a commotion going on in the back. And by the way, what did you think of this match?
2: Oh, that was good. I Moxley's on a different level than, than everybody right now, from his, his character work to his, his ring work to just his presence, everything. I'll praise Sean Moxley to, to the heavens. Um, and Sammy, he's good. Like, say what you will about his promo. In ring work, he's always been really good. This was no exception. They have a nice little mix uh, of styles because sammy likes to bump around and fly around and moxley just likes to punch people in the face a lot so i thought it worked well i had no expectations that it wouldn't work well because both guys are are very good professional wrestlers i kind of thought sammy might win just to Mm -hmm. maybe switch it up and set up a heel face dynamic but the story they're telling with danielson which we'll talk about a little bit later i understood why moxley one i just thought there maybe maybe we'll we'll switch it up and go with sammy but i much prefer the moxley
3: yeah i i I, you know i said from the moment i looked at the bracket last week that i thought where they were going was the story of brian's redemption of him beating his three biggest losses in aew and also beating all the former world champions in the process like if there's anything that makes brian look worthy here it's This bracket, uh, and the way it was set up, but before we got to any other matches on the show, um, this was a different type of show. And Tony was hinting at this on Twitter, uh, that he mentioned there was going to be a lot of video packages in this show. Um, and I wonder where that edict comes from. Was it a Tony Khan direction? Was it people backstage? Was it Warner Brothers? I don't know. I actually haven't asked about any of this. Um, but I am curious what led to basically all of the video packages leading. Essentially, every match had one. Everything that happened on this show had a almost like a pay-per-view, like a little bit of a, a video package to show you how we got here, which is a thing a lot of people have been asking for. A lot of people who choose not to follow kind of, uh, as a friend of mine once put it, extracurricular activities for AEW. Uh, people who don't want to watch road to people who don't want to follow them on social media people who don't want to watch dark elevation or even rampage uh they really just want to watch dynamite and therefore how can i just watch dynamite and feel like i still am getting all the content i need um and so yeah there were a lot of video packages in this show but before that right before they went to commercial break excalibur starts screaming mjf is causing a commotion in the back we'll be right back and they go to commercial break and you're like uh okay That was a weird way to go to commercial break, but uh, that's also very much a, you know, that's one of the things that Dynamite does very differently than WWE, and I get why WWE does it, and it's almost one of those things that I wonder if AEW will ever employ, which is that WWE tries never to go to commercial break with anything having, with any ends having been tied up. Literally, every commercial break Raw takes is... Uh, after the break, this thing. Like, they'll start something and then go to the break. Even if it's somebody's making their entrance and you're going to see this match after the break, no break ever comes as a conclusion to something. And, like, AEW very much does have concluding breaks. It is, this match is over, go on a commercial break. Um, So, therefore, you know, I can see how that might drive some people away, right? Like, if Sammy versus Moxley is the thing you came for and you weren't planning on watching anything else, going to commercial break immediately after that ends isn't going to hook you to the next thing. So like, I get why the fed does it, but, um, yeah, it's just a different structure of television show. But when they come back, here comes MJF and he is, and by the way, that last match B plus, um, MJF is coming out to the ring to basically express his issues with John Moxley. And he runs down Moxley, runs down how he believes Moxley is playing a character, and that Moxley is truly a scared little boy from Cincinnati, Ohio. He brings up their last feud. He notes that you don't see any MJF 2020 stuff around here. He's not that same kid that Moxley beat two years ago. They really use this segment to build to MJF versus Moxley. Which... I don't know where this is going. I, I you know, really? this feels like one of, well, I, it, this feels like a red herring type thing. it's just like, Oh, he calls out Moxley because MJF thinks it's a foregone conclusion that Moxley wins, trying to set it up in your brain that it's a foregone conclusion. So that when Brian wins, Oh wow. That's a surprise. That's a shocker.
2: I maybe, I think he's just setting up a John Moxley match. And that... this is a match that doesn't really need a title. And you can just do this match at
3: full gear. <laughs> That was the other thing I was thinking. So I was going with one of two places there. I'm like, so I could also see him, yes, going for the Moxley match. And MJF just continuing to hold on to the chip until Revolution. Let let Brian have like a, a, a solid run from uh, Arthur Ashe till Revolution. And give him another opponent at full gear. Um, maybe somebody that Brian's never faced before. Yeah, you know, there's places you can go with that and time you can give with that so yeah i i think kind of the same thing of maybe we're just gonna go with mjf and moxley and there be no title involved that'd be cool
2: i i think that is where they're going and then yeah brian faces somebody at, at full gear i think i i like the revolution idea because i think mjf's I think he's going to win the title and the majority of his title run is going to be like taking this title with me to WWE in 2024. And I don't need that to be stretched too long. Um, <laughs> so like if we can hold that I, I off agree. until February, that's great. But winter is coming is also where they like to do big title matches and, and big moments. And I could see Brian and MJF at winter is coming and that's where they possibly do the switch. And then we get a year of
3: taking this title with me to WWE in 2024. Um, I'll say this, MJF not mentioning it in this promo was great. Uh, I it agree. Was, I'm with you. It, it was nice that, you know, he got that out of his system last week. We don't have to run with that every single week. I actually did enjoy that. I thought he was great here. I thought that, I too. Um, yeah, and he talked about, uh, he used this to transition over to talking about his faction on retainer. Uh, Which is The Firm Which is a great name by the way It is Everybody in your crew identifies As either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets Or McCrispy Sandwich But you're the filet fish Sandwich All day That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce That melty cheese, that pillowy bun Yeah, you get it Every time
1: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
0: Uh,
3: And they've got a great song. Now, of course, those who've listened to hip-hop for the last 30 years, uh, their brains immediately went to, oh, The Firm, like uh, AZ, Nas, um, Nature, and Foxy Brown. Um, that group that flopped in 1997. Um, By the way, that's the line that Dre is referring to when he says... Yeah, ever since the firm uh, flopped, um, yeah. uh, Yeah, on the firm flop, yeah. That's specifically that line. Um, (laughs) Because they did. That group actually very much (laughs) flopped. Um, So, but this is the firm. And it features uh, pretty much everybody that Stokely had been handing cards to over the last couple of months. Uh, We saw... W. Morrissey out there. We saw the Ass Boys. We saw Lee Moriarty, uh, and we saw Ethan Page. And Stokely explains everything. He explains that everything's been a lie. That he's not a real publicist. So that was kind of your explanation for why he's no longer with uh, Jade and the Baddies. Why that relationship's just kind of over. Um, <laughs> and so, because uh, people have been wondering, like, why did that just like end? And he said, "Because I'm not a real publicist, I, <laughs> I'm I am a friend. These are these are friends, and uh, you'll know us as a faction when we need to be. Um, but we're also out for individual success. And talking about all the individual success, um, they talked about what W. Morrissey is after, and um, Stokely, of course, gave him a little bit of a hug and." Morrissey seemed kind of annoyed by him. Uh I liked Lee Moriarty here a lot. Lee giving his poses to the camera. I thought he was great. Can't wait to see what Lee does out of that. There was the Ass Boys. Well, it was a little bit more of the same from them. It wasn't really a change being with uh being with Stokely. And then we saw we heard from Ethan Page, who again explained his motivations, that he's going directly after the All-Atlantic Championship. And I feel like Ethan, everything Ethan Page did here a little bit seemed to be kind of spoiling the ending of next week's All-Atlantic Championship match. I figured he was going to
2: win anyway.
3: What, well, Orange it. Cassidy?
2: Oh, Orange Cassidy? Yeah, I kind of figured Orange Cassidy was going to kind of.
3: I think Orange Cassidy is going to win, and I think yeah. that... Uh, just kind of based around everything they had done throughout the show with uh, both Ethan Page declaring that he wants the All-Atlantic Championship and kind of declaring war on meme wrestlers. It felt like, oh, well, that's it. We're getting Ethan Page <laughs> versus Orange Cassidy. It seems like that's the exact feud we're setting up here. And that's that's fine um, because you've got the trios titles already on pack. so. I was actually really good with that. Uh, and yeah, what do you think of Stokely's promo overall? Oh, I thought it was great. I, I
2: joked beforehand on Twitter, as like Excalibur needs to explain who all of these wrestlers are and all of their <laughs> motivations. So that way there's no confusion about anything on this show. And Stokely basically did that. He explained who all these men were, explained their motivations. He explained why they were together, why you may not see them together unless MJF needs them. And mm-hmm. what their goals were moving forward. I thought Stokely knocked this out of the park. I love that everyone can come together if MJF needs them. And then if, they, if MJF doesn't need them, they all have their own goals that they are going to be working towards. And Stokely is going to help them with that. I even love that MJF left the ring after all yeah. of that. Because... He's not really tied to them. He's just using them to pay them for when he needs stuff. So he's not part of this group. And it's not like the pinnacle where it's family, family dinners type thing. It's just, hey, these are the guys I pay to do some dirty work for me. That's it. I got to be friends with them. Even Stokely's like, I got friends. I'm friends with everybody. But I'm friends with everybody just to get some gossip and shit. Like, you don't know if I actually like you, if I don't actually like you. I thought everyone I thought everyone was great in this segment. So shout out to, to, to Stokely for really killing this promo.
3: Yeah. And uh I thought my only I guess qualm with it was that it was a little bit long. And um yeah, for AEW, that. long in ring promos like kind of are reserved for Chris Jericho. I was gonna say aren't their thing, but I guess Jericho gets them all the time. Um so this you know, for AEW as a show that has been since the beginning kind of a go, 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 go show, and then to kind of slow it down with not one, but kind of two back to back in ring promos, I thought was a little much, but I like the content of it all. So uh, ultimately, I was happy with it. And then we had Jay Lethal. You know him. He's actually Speaking been on Dynamite a lot. Are too long. Jay Lethal went one on one with Jungle Boy. You know, like I said before, I've said it plenty. I've mentioned it on this show, I've mentioned it on City. Jay Lethal is one of those guys that, like, people kind of. We know why. We know why people ultimately, like, want to dislike Jay Lethal. And, um, but I feel like there's this kind of association with that and making it and, and him being, like, not a good performer. But I do, for the most part, feel like Lethal's matches kind of have all delivered. Um, and. I didn't really think this was much of an exception. I thought Jungle Boy and Jay Lethal worked well together here. It was fine. Good match. It went a little too
2: long for for my taste. I, I would have probably cut that down a little bit. It just felt long. I don't need. I'm glad Tony likes Jay Lethal as much as he likes Jay Lethal. <laughs> I like Jungle Boy. I think Jungle Boy can can be. They needed to rebuild him after the quick loss to Christian, and now who knows where that goes. Since Christian is out for however long, and I assume they're going to set up Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus at some mm-hmm. point, uh, so but they, Jungle Boy needed to get get some wins. Lethal's a guy you can sacrifice, who can lose, and it's fine. It just felt a little long. I hate the lethal injection. It's the stupidest finisher in the world. <laughs> it's a dumb move, Will. It's a dumb move.
3: What specifically do you hate about the lethal injection? The it's whole the thing. one It's the one cutter that people don't kick out of. Avoid, avoid, avoid.
2: It's it's dumb. Like he The momentum, he's jumping backwards into a cutter, but the cutter goes down and, like, forward, but he's jumping back into it. So the momentum's going in opposite directions. He turns his back on his opponent. I think that's always stupid to turn your back on your opponent, especially when they're standing. That's dumb. And then let me do a springboard or a handspring into the ropes to springboard. It's a stupid move. It's a stupid move.
3: Well, regardless, Jungle Boy won anyway with the snare trap. Uh, he tapped out Jay Lethal. Um, what happened to the Jack Perry stuff? He was called just straight up Jungle Boy again this week.
2: Jim Ross wasn't there to set everybody straight.
3: But, like, last week when he hit the ring, he was introduced as Jungle Boy Jack Perry. And, like, why did we drop that? What happened?
2: He was he was even uh, Jack Perry on social media when they set up this this bit, yeah like they put team. jungle
3: boy in quotes and it said jungle boy in quotes jack perry but he was announced yes. as jungle boy the um the Chiron said jungle boy what happened
2: i i have no idea no idea again we need jim there to set everybody up
3: yeah this was a solid c plus for me it was fine it didn't harm anything um and we continue to make jungle boy look strong and intense not sure what we're getting out of this Jay Lethal uh, faction anymore.
2: I did Sanjay dub breaking pencils and, and stuff. That, that's all, yeah. I, all I know. Uh,
3: we and like I mentioned the uh, Luigi Primo stuff um, in that Ethan Page has declared war on meme wrestlers uh, and then Dan Housen made his way out and that set up the Ethan Page versus Dan Housen match for this Friday. Uh, Matt Hardy. Also, we saw um, some Darby stuff from, um, was that from Nitro Circus? Yeah, yeah. Yes, okay. Uh, and like, sort of made a brief appearance in that because uh, he was there. But the we set up Matt Hardy versus Darby. Okay. I thought it was a
2: good. I thought it was a good promo from from Matt. They've teamed together. They've worked together before. Darby's always talked about the the Hardys. They're trying to, I think, get Matt reestablished because I don't know how soon Jeff is back, but Matt seems optimistic that Jeff could be back relatively soon. So it seems mm-hmm. like they're trying to get Matt more of an on screen role to set all that back up.
3: Um. Yeah. And if Jeff's coming back relatively soon, then yeah, Matt being back in the fold is probably a good idea. Uh, and then also apparently the, um, I guess as a mild spoiler for this Friday, the Darby and sting versus house of black feud is not over. And, uh, we're going to see even more great. You know, they beat him at the pay-per-view. What more are we doing here? Uh, well, you can't have grand slam go by without a sting match. I true, and... but just give me
2: a different Sting <laughs> match. Care who it is? Sting thinking, face yeah. anybody and I'll be happy with it.
3: Nope, we're getting this match again. <sighs> Awful. Uh, and so there was a powerhouse Hobbs squash. It's very quick. No reason to rate that. But uh, I love Hobbs and I love him continuing to beat people. And he even cut a promo about how. Uh, you know, as far as Ricky Starks is concerned, he was bleeding in the mouth, so it was a little hard to not pay attention to the blood running down my dude, Powerhouse Hobbs's face. But uh, he noted that, look, Ricky Starks was supposed to be this big deal. Everybody was all hyped for Ricky Starks, and Hobbs beat him in four minutes. Ricky Starks yeah. then made his way out of the crowd, and they brawled. So this will also continue.
2: And it I- should it should but like Hobbs beat him in like four minutes so, I, I, so
3: my hope was that because I said uh, as far as this feud was concerned what I wanted to see was powerhouse Hobbs essentially in a straight up professional wrestling match Ricky Starks cannot hang with powerhouse Hobbs I think that should have been the case I think that that makes powerhouse Hobbs look like a million bucks that as far as we're concerned as we're starting to see nobody can hang with powerhouse Hobbs. This newfound powerhouse Hobbs is somebody that in a straight up one-on-one professional wrestling match situation will kick your ass. And once you're hit with that spine buster, there's no hope for you. That's a good thing for him. And so what Ricky's going to need is some kind of stipulation match, some kind of No holds barred situation. Anything that will allow him an advantage over Hobbs. Because I think as a babyface, that's the way he needs to beat this monster. Um, Because ultimately, Ricky's got to come out of this feud looking good. But I think that that's, to me, the best way they could do it. Is having um, Hobbs lose to Starks in some kind of plunder kind of match. (laughs) And I'm
2: I'm fine. I, I like that idea. Because them just having another straight up wrestling match is it's the same reason I I think Moxley and punk lost some luster is like we just saw this match Mm -hmm. and it lasted five minutes. And one guy got his ass kicked in this, and this one there's no even like injury excuse with Ricky, unless you're going to tell the next story again. But yeah, if you're going to do some type of like no DQ match and that's how Ricky needs to like slay powerhouse, then cool. That's a, that's a good story. As long as Ricky's on TV, I'm good with it. That man, the crowd loved him. Looked like a million yeah. bucks coming out of the crowd. I, I
3: think ultimately, as a character, he just needs to look more resourceful than yeah. than Hobbs, and that way it'll make Hobbs look dominant. But ultimately, Ricky like outsmarts him in a way, um, which is something that we saw. Uh, I don't know. We saw from Cena a million times, right? Like that's yeah. that's a thing that that works when you're dealing with kind of bigger guys. Um, I am La Lucha, by the way. Says MJF is Nas and Stokely is Dre. Sure, I could see that. Uh, and Orion Ben says Lee single handedly killed uh, MMM last night. <laughs> uh, do we have to talk about MMM? No, we don't. Uh, because I still have to pretend I like that group for the sake of the gimmick. But like, <laughs> um, it wouldn't have worked all that well anyway uh let's see shytown spurs says little late but the firm theme is fantastic i agree uh, i'm glad they posted it they just need a tron now because uh, the music just playing while the dynamite logos on the stage didn't quite work for them it all felt uh kind of thrown together in a sense the what else was on oh yeah and then also i guess i gotta read fan Twinblade." Because he sent in a Humper chat. Van Twinblade says, uh, two matches announced for next Sunday. Tootie versus Lainey Luck and Heather Reckless. Uh, or sorry. Oh, wait, sorry. Tootie versus Lainey Luck versus Heather Reckless. There we go. And then we got Josh Alexander versus Kenny Alfonso. Also solved this. Uh, hint movie. Um, An Idmir Wong L. Mistreat?
2: <laughs> I have um I gotta say it fast. An know uh, on elm f- Street. Uh,
3: oh, a uh, nightmare on a Nightmare on,
2: elm street. on Elementary Street or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes, there we go. Yeah.
3: A nightmare on Elm Street. There we go. Okay. Elm
2: Street. I said Elementary Street.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just murdering small children. That's the whole movie. Yeah, I was about um, to say this is the, and then uh, <laughs> The AEW World Tag Team Titles on the line. A match that I had tweeted I wanted to see the week after Swerve in Our Glory won the tag team titles. I was like, alright, give me Swerve and Our Glory versus Lucha Bros. Just find a way to make it happen. Let's do it. If Swerve and Our Glory are losing the tag titles next week, this was the time to get this match out of the way. Uh, Lucha Bros got the match made. We saw the video from social media. And... Here we go. Tag titles on the line. It's my dudes. Swerve in our glory. Swerve's heat keeps getting better and better. His music hit. Fans booed him on the stage. But they didn't boo Keith Lee. That's the result we want here. We want Swerve to be cocky and disliked. But Keith to still have the fans behind him. And they played into that. I thought this match was a lot of fun. That it was great. It was exactly what I wanted to see from those guys, uh, and Swerve doing the Seto Miedo, but mocking the Miedo and putting it in his pants was a great spot there. Um, he's he's here to play the heel, and he's ready to do it, and he's ready to uh, get under people's skin that was the plan at all out was to turn him and he's going to keep going full speed on this turn. And uh, there were a lot of cool spots in here. The one that keeps getting shared is of course the Spanish fly spot that saw uh, Ray Phoenix hit the Spanish fly. And then uh, Penta immediately hit a Canadian destroyer on Keith Lee. The idea of a Canadian destroyer on Keith Lee looks insane, <laughs> Um, but it looks it's, it's great. Yeah, it's a great visual. Um, the fans were into it. The fans bought it. The match wasn't even that long. But to me, I'm a big fan of sprints. Like I do like longer matches, but I still feel like one of the best things you can do is cram a whole bunch of content in a short amount of time because fans love that just as much as they love um, a bunch of content stretched out over 20 minutes. But when you have eight minutes, just go out there and sprint and just do a whole bunch of shit. That shit gets over too. And I thought this got over quite well. Uh, and we knew the titles weren't going to switch, but yeah. uh, Swerve Swerving Our Glory wins.
2: I, and... So I think sprints work well as long as everything looks good. And In the case of these four men, everything looks good. Some people try to do a sprint, and it falls apart because <laughs> yes. none of it looks all that good. Uh, <laughs> but these guys are great, and so everything looks uh-huh. good. So I, as a sprint, I thought it was fantastic. My criticism is people have pointed out in the chat I don't know why this match was really happening outside of let's do a dope match, which is cool. But if you're gonna, you know, tell me that wins and losses matters and ranking matters and all this stuff, the last time we saw the Lucha Bros in a tag team match, they lost to Roosh and Andrade in that Tornado tag. So they were coming off a loss as a two-on-two tag team, but they got this title shot because it's a cool match to, to book, and it was a cool match to book. Like I'm, I'm fine with that. I just didn't know if maybe. There were other options uh, that would have just made more sense from a rankings, real sports perspective in that. Yeah, sometimes you do kind of have a dope match, and it was a dope match. Like, go cool with it. I'm I'm fine with it. Uh, but they are coming off a loss, and now they've lost again. Uh, Lucha Bros weren't even top five. I feel like they've done away with the rankings. I've not kept up with it. It just seems like they like completely done away with that. Um, uh, yeah, I'm actually
3: looking at the rankings now. You're right. They were not top five. Yeah, um, so
2: and i understand like the trios <laughs> champions and everything like that that's fine but like if you're gonna say that the the rankings matter and then the, you know where's ftr is all, all i'm trying to say here. uh but that beating the trio champions it's clear oh, look we know the plan was not for death triangle to hold the trio's titles we know this for a 100 fact that this was right. not the plan so them beating the trio champions here, maybe there just could have been other options for Swerve and and Keith Lee to to defeat. But I understand you want to do a cool match, and it was a cool match. Uh, I'll also I will say this, and and this is I have praised Swerve a lot, just a, largely through just what I listened to him in interviews. When this man comes out, there is just something about him. First <laughs> off, the theme is great, Will, but this man comes out and the little like trot. That he does in his his body movement and the, his facial expressions, like you want to hate him because you know he's a heel, but he also just has a presence and a charisma about him that I can't help but to like really enjoy as well. I I'm not saying Swerve should be the the world champion in a month. I'm saying he should be the world champion in a week uh, because they they have something with Swerve. And I hope they continue to capitalize on it because there is just, there is something there with this man. And I'm not saying that because of who I'm talking to. I've, you know, I've been no, saying this I, a long know, time I about Swerve. But I mean, the, no, look, another I, I level say this. with this heel work. <laughs> another level with this heel work.
3: I say this as a fan of his as well. Um, that uh, I think he does eventually get to that level with the company. I think they're um, okay. I know they're high <laughs> on him, but I, uh, but I do think that, like, look, he's he's signed there for a while, and um, I think that he is going to be one of their top acts when it's time. And I think that, like, you can see it through little things. You can see the way that AEW advertises events coming up, and that. Pretty much from the time Swerve signed, he's been on the posters. He is somebody that they believe in. He's somebody that um, we've talked about before. They wanted to sign day one. like, And I, I mean from the start of AEW that Swerve had a choice in do I go with AEW or do I go with um, with NXT? And he ended up going with NXT because at the time, AEW didn't have a TV deal yet. And it was like, well, I can go with the known or unknown, and I'm going to go with the known. But they wanted him from day one. He was somebody that they were always interested in. And so the fact that they have him now through a, really like a complete stroke of luck in that um, one bad phone call could have changed everything. Uh, and I think they are going to run with him the way that they want to. Uh, a couple more Super Chats, by the way. But uh, Jester Design says, we should get a rap battle between uh, actual rappers on Rampage. Book it, Tony.
2: Me and Cher Delaware, that's the rap battle that everybody is clamoring for now that Fightful Select hit 10,000 subscribers.
3: I know, right? You guys still have to fulfill that. I showed feet last that's a, week. T- well,
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm doing this at my wedding.
3: I'm recording it. <laughs> oh, I'm getting married right. and
2: then I'm doing a rap battle with Cher. <laughs>
3: <sighs> that sounds like that's going to be a fun time. Because... I don't I didn't mean for this to be the show that I have to break this on, but I can't make said wedding. (laughs) I know. I was like, uh, I know, but I was trying to find like every way to make that work. And then my wife is like, do you remember I have to host this kidney walk on Sunday, October 2nd? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you do. Okay, <laughs> you, I gotta
2: kick you and John. I gotta fight you and John Alba for not coming because neither of you are coming. But it's okay. We will record right, stuff.
3: We, we will. I we will have, have been, a good
2: time, and we will miss you.
3: <laughs> I I've been wanting to come though. Um, I don't even know what my like next trip is going to be. Although AEW announced by the way on this show that they're going to be in Seattle, uh, in January, January fourth for um, they're going to make their debut at the Climate Pledge Arena. And they put front and center on the poster: Swerve, Brian Danielson, and uh, Darby, Darby Allen. I, like I honestly would have put like Aubrey Edwards off to the side just to be like, "Look, <laughs> got the entire Pacific Northwest side of AEW covered here. Let's go." Um, but after this match was over, we then get the acclaimed, who uh, Max Castor doesn't want to wrap this time. Instead, he. Give of shit for nut-hugging all the famous people he knows. I thought that was a good dig. Um, and Bowens called them Drake and Josh. Uh, that, was a, that was a cut. Um, but I suppose they've already been hit with Keenan and Kel and pretty much everything else you can be hit with. So uh, what's another one? And also, they had Oh Scissor Me Daddy shirts that they said they're going to be selling exclusively at Arthur Ashe next week so this is going to be a big night for them honestly i had heard initially that it was the plan but then um i know that when it was the plan they weren't anticipating having to crown a new world champion but if it were me and i were putting next week's show together arthur Ashe, i would open the show with moxley and brian much like the way last year opened with brian and kenny bring it full circle and i would main event with the tag titles
2: I'm not. I'm not mad at that. I think tag titles will open because that's going to be hot, and we're all expecting the the title change, and that's going to be like a big jolt to the crowd. Mm-hmm. And then the the other matches are good. Like uh, we're both predicting an Orange Cassidy title victory, so that'll be uh, the crowd will pop for that. I think Tony probably retains the women's title, the interim title, and then we're obviously going to get a new champion in the main event. But I'm not mad at the the tag match headlining because they do like to open sometimes with their their hottest thing. Yeah. I, the tag title, it's not... I can't say it's hotter than Daniel said at Moxley, but like that's a hot match right there. Coming, It's off a of hot a match. I a think really it's a really hot match.
3: I think crowd-wise it is going to be hotter just because you've got um, the acclaimed who are from New York. So yeah. you're dealing with the local act. You are dealing with um, kind of that hometown vibe in a, the biggest setting AEW has. I think that putting it on the acclaimed in front of that crowd is going to be the biggest thing that they've got. So either open or close with it, but I don't think it should be anywhere near the middle. No, I think no, no. That, I
2: think it opens. I think it opens. Yeah. Uh,
3: and the, what else was there? So then there was, oh yeah. So the Lucha Bros were upset in the back um, and they go to talk to Pac and then Pac gets sucker punched by orange cassidy he was a little weird looking and then uh orange cassidy says he wants the title
2: then we got it for next week (laughs) yeah we got the match
3: uh so then they have to stop doing this by the way i don't know who things are getting disconnected with but it seems like somebody's not explaining when like hikaru shida has a booking in Japan, which she's always public with, right? Because, like, she's posted for weeks, like, hey, on September 15th, I'm gonna be doing Makai in Japan. Come see me. Come see me. And it's like, whoa, how is she gonna work this match on September 14th that she's booked for? And then they had her written out in a way that she wasn't physically there for, where they had Britt Baker and, um and Rebel go into her locker room and ambush her, and then Alex Marvez poorly acts his way and looking in the locker room and goes, oh my god, we need some help here, but you never see Hikaru Shida do any of this because she wasn't there, because, and, and the problem I have with these angles for her is that she's never going to not promote doing her Japanese work, so then if you have to say on TV, oh, Hikaru Shida was ambushed, she's hurt, so, therefore, she can't participate in this match. But also, here she is promoting something she's doing actively. Like, that always looks bad. There yeah. has to be some kind of reconciliation of these things. Of, like... Wait,
2: that... She seemed frustrated with that the first time they pulled this. Like, last year. It was like, oh, she's yeah, because She's like, no, I literally just worked.
3: Yeah, well, because it was... They pulled her out of the Owen Hart tournament. And yeah, then... Yeah, yeah, they pulled her out of the tournament she was in, and uh, then explained it as, "Oh, she's injured." And she's like, "No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> literally in Japan working matches. Don't know what to tell you." Uh, and again, they're like, "Whoa, she's hurt." And then her Twitter's like, "Hey, come see me tonight at Makai because this is what I do." Um
2: the aew yeah, has- doctors didn't clear her. the japanese doctors <laughs> they they have less that
3: was what less they standards. said last- yeah, that's what I they know.
2: said last time <laughs> japanese doctors are like yeah whatever broken leg bro- yeah she's bro- not testing on it Walk it off
3: she's not clear <laughs> she's not cleared for this match on wednesday but she somehow did manage to absolutely travel over for thursday Silliest, Uh, but yeah instead so we got a tag match Athena teaming with Tony Storm to take on Britt Baker and Serena Deeb um, with the story of course being that Serena Deeb um, replacing uh, what would normally be Jamie Hayter because what's Jamie Hader's motivations right now she got screwed at all out by Britt Baker what's she gonna do we got this tag match here that's all kind of standard affair stuff uh, I thought Athena looked really good here. And I would like to note, I talked a little bit on City a few weeks ago about how the biggest problem with the AEW women's division to me, um, because I know there's always talk of, oh, they need more matches this year, uh, this and that. I don't think that's the case to me as much as uh, I just want to see consistency. And I think that's what the women's division has lacked to me since um, really the last year or so because i talked on Grapsity about how Britt baker's heel turn wasn't just like she turned heel and then disappeared the next week and then was there the week after or maybe you saw her three weeks later like that's not how her heel turn was done she turned heel it was on tv every single week making sure to hammer in this new character of brit baker annoying dentist you got that right hikaru shida's baby face run the reason she got so over was because she was on TV every single week getting these wins and people were starting to notice her. And then it feels like the last year or so, it'd be like you see Thunderosa one week and then maybe you'll see um, Jade Cargill this week. And then it like it ever really felt like people were consistently a part of the show. The women were. And so you might get attached to something and then it disappears a week later. I'm saying this to give credit where it's due, by the way. Tony Storm has been on Dynamite five straight weeks. This is her fifth straight week, and she's advertised for next week's show. This is the most consistent a woman has been on AEW television since literally the original Britt Baker push. They've actually been using Tony Storm very consistently. And next week will be her sixth straight performance on AEW television, on Dynamite specifically, not just Rampage.
2: They've, so. they've done well with Tony Storm, and she... She has a, a it factor and a star quality about her. She looks very good with the gold uh, around her shoulder mm-hmm. when she comes out. And I imagine when Thunder Rosa says she's no longer injured, uh, Tony Storm will defeat her to, to unify the titles. Um, I just, what? Well, I'm just repeating what she said. Well, what Tony Storm, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's where you're
3: going with that. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: but you are, you are right about that. And like the consistency on television. And this is where I will throw some criticism, not at the women, but it's the men of Wardlow last week, it's like Wardlow's world. I know the momentum is slowed. I'm still here. This is still my world. Wardlow this week, not there. And yeah. there's a disconnect there for uh for me. As far as the women, though, I, I liked, I mean, I didn't like that they had to take out Sheeta because of communication issues, seemingly, with what, what happened there. Uh, I did like the match. It was good. It set up. Next week, uh, you know, they're running back another four-way. They're clearly just kind of like biding time until Thunder Rosa comes back. Uh, I like the Britt Baker, Jamie Hater stuff, though. That, to me, I is did the, too. Like, the real story here. And that is a story outside of the title, which we need. And people can complain. It's like, oh, well, Britt gets a story. I don't give a shit who gives the story. You got two titles, do stories with the titles, and then do a story elsewhere. If it happens to involve Britt, it happens to involve Britt. She's I mean she's the most over woman she's, on the roster and she's one been. of their stars. You have yes. to
3: involve her. Exactly. And so, if you're using her to get like somebody that. else over and Jamie haters getting over. She did she looked great last night by the way. But um they I mean they're use they're getting her over. Fans are actually into her. They Jamie was the most over person at all out and there were Jamie chants last night after she uh came and uh you know, looked like she was coming for Brit and she attacked uh, Tony Storm instead, but still didn't communicate with Britt Baker. Good stuff there. Um, I didn't like pinning the champion. Two champions got pinned yeah. on this show. Um, and uh, they're both freshly won champions, so that's not exactly a direction I would personally go in. Um, but like I said, I was actually very interested in what was going on with Jamie Ader here.
2: Yeah, I thought Jamie was great of hey, I, my motivation is still this title. I still don't like Tony Storm. That doesn't mean I got to like you. That doesn't mean I forgive you either. And mm-hmm. it's good. You know, the, the shades of gray stuff can work when it when it pulls off right. And you know, people have different... It, it's not black and white. We no longer live in a world of black and white. It's not always black and white. Like real humans are not always black and white. You, know, you can right. like, like one person, but also dislike the other person and not be... Hey, I forgive you for everything just because I dislike this person.
3: Sorry, I just saw the ratings and uh they're good. They're real good. Uh, yeah. we'll talk about that shortly. Because the main event here was Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho. This time we're back to our normal Chris Jericho, our regularly scheduled Chris. We got Judas, and he took on Brian Danielson, who was back to our regularly scheduled Brian Danielson, who did not have um, Elliot Taylor performing him to the ring. So, uh, this was a switch up from All Out, and here it was. Uh, I thought this was a better match than All Out. I thought that, uh, you know, Jericho kind of talked up in the media scrum about how at All Out it was a match that, you know, he liked Brian as an opponent because Brian is one of those guys that he can just jump in a ring with, they don't have to call anything. They can literally just wrestle, and uh, I felt like you could tell it all out. I like that this match kind of had a little bit more of a direction of where things were going, and uh, I think building to the victory for Brian made a lot more sense here. Um, Brian's really good at scaring the crap out of people, uh, <laughs> and it, he, it's he probably. Knows what he's doing it's it's like the best thing he does (laughs) or it's one of the things he's absolutely best at he knows how to screw people and get to screw with people's minds because they know anything head ish with brian they immediately start worrying they know when brian starts selling the way he was selling being trapped in that stage um they're like oh my god something's like horribly wrong even though like I guess I've been watching Brian long enough. This is a man I whose career I've literally been watching 18 years. And um I know his selling when I see it. And so like if anything, Brian would actually try to mask legitimate pain. <laughs> and uh and so his selling is is fairly obvious, but even still he's great at it. And Uh, this match did have a spot where Brian hits the floor and starts selling the ankle, which results in Chris Jericho uh, working the ankle over and over and Brian trying to make a comeback from that. I thought the match was really well-paced and really um, intense up until that point. Uh, The ankle stuff really kind of slowed it down. Um, But, of course, that led into him locking in the LaBelle lock. Jericho taps out. We got the match. We all knew we were getting... BCC collides, Brian Danielson and John Moxley. We go off the air with the crowd chanting BCC and one guy up front whose sign seems to be oh. everywhere right now. But uh, I like the match. I like the match better than last time. This match gets an A from me. I thought that the I think I don't think this was intentional. But it was incidental and ended up working out. And I'm specifically referring to the fact that since brian has been back, he hasn't really interacted with the BCC too much. Um, We've seen him like with Yuta a little bit, but he's mostly been going for Daniel Garcia. And I like that we ended up getting the first real interaction with Brian and another BCC member in a while. And it's because he has a match with him at Grand Slam for the title. That's actually kind of cool that that ended up working out that way. The the
2: story they're telling with Danielson you mentioned earlier and I think a lot of people have, have seen it of defeating the three world champions, defeating the three guys who have defeated him this year. Like It's a very easy story to tell and to put the belt on Danielson. I suspect he wins next week. That's a good call. About he hasn't really been tied to the BCC since since returning. I, even Moxley, The BCC outside of like Claudio and Utah, like they haven't really been tied together too much. Like Moxley's kind of been doing his own thing as the the ace of the promotion and cutting up. Uh, well, like Cedar at least Puff
3: Mox got to like thing. involve himself in some of the. Yeah, Claudio like saves it. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And like, you know, you had the match with Jericho just like a, a, a month ago, and that was uh, at the Quake by the Lake. And that match in particular had BCC involvement and in all of that. But like, Brian was away from all of it. And
2: right. I, guess, I guess Moxley became kind of lost in stuff when he started being involved with Punk. Like, that felt separate from all Blackpool yeah. Combat Club stuff is it was just like him and punk doing their own like brawling and everything. And I guess like Claudio tried to like break that up and everything, but that could have been, a random person it just happened to be a very strong man in Claudio Castagnoli um but yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to the match between Danielson and Moxley I thought I'm with you last night's match was better than their all-out match between Danielson and Jericho Jericho just a terrible mistake you you won his Lionheart go back to that well man you know <laughs> that's got to show that Lionheart fire though Chris Jericho's just old Judas Jericho ain't that good but Lionheart Jericho clearly very good um, I mean
3: that was that was kind of the nice story we talked about that last week that uh, Jericho went back to his wrestling roots as Lionheart Jericho. Brian had a little bit of a sports entertainment entrance, and that ended up costing him. And now we went back to Jericho remaining his sports entertainment self, and Brian going back to what he knows best, being a wrestler. And so, so what you're he saying
2: went, here, Will, is that sports entertainment is being buried at the hands of pro wrestling between these two men. That's what I'm hearing.
3: Yes, also between okay. two companies that's also happening. <laughs> um, but <laughs> because the other companies also abandon the sports entertainment stuff, which then begs the question, what are we even doing this still for? But anyway, um James says bit off topic, but how is Abaddon not even ranked? They're 34 and 3 and 8 and 0 this year.
2: Wins a lot on dark. I don't know. Yeah. Don't don't pay attention to these rankings, guys. I've been saying this for like a year now that these rankings don't matter.
3: Had it in a theme song when you were hosting the distraction.
2: They, they, they don't. They don't matter. All right. <laughs>
3: uh, but you know what does matter? The ratings. Oh oh, the ratings, and how would they do well. You know, I hate when we see rematches, the same match. I mean, we just saw it. It was Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho and the same match, and then we just reversed the result, right? Like, it's a thing that happens a lot. Well, guess what? It also happened last night because uh, Real Housewives taking on um, AEW. uh, Real Housewives, of course, won the week before, but not this week. Oh, no. AEW got its revenge uh, and came in number one. Uh, Dynamite actually pulled 1.1 million uh, viewers, which is uh one of its higher numbers for the year
2: yeah it's it's up from oh they did i is that high that's higher than like punk and moxley right like oh
3: actually here we have it this is the highest viewership since last year's grand slam
2: there you go brian danielson confirmed fucking draw put the belt on him i've only been saying this for a year now
3: and I mean, it did really good uh, 18, to thir- or 18 to 49 as well. Um, it was up 4%. It did a 0. 0.39 rating. So this is a good number for them. Really like, good. Like all around, this is uh, year to year a really solid number for them. And again, this is one of the highest numbers they've done since last year. This is the highest number they did since last year's Grand Slam. this is kind of what they needed yeah it's a great number
2: yeah they definitely need it because i mean on paper look you're getting a danielson match you're getting a moxley match jericho is still a a draw say what you will about the man he's still a draw Mm
4: -hmm.
2: nothing else was like super announced for this they changed the women's match the night before they announced the tag team match like an hour before
3: 15 minutes before okay there you go
2: um so like the the big two matches were the title tournament people love tournaments this is why mm-hmm. this is why Tony just keeps booking them. People love the tournaments. That's that's how yeah. it goes.
3: Nah, stuff worked. It worked for them. So um What if you just stuff. build the
2: whole show around Brian Danielson? That's what I would have done. That's what I would have done again the entire year that he's been there. Just two hour Brian Danielson matches. That's that's how I'd book my promotion.
3: Well, um, if Brian walks away with the title, uh Huh. I mean, look, it's just funny to see it. I don't believe it's like a thing that actually matters, but it is fascinating to see when you look at Brandon Thurston's charts. And I'm looking at the 18 to 34, and you look at Raw nearly, uh, Raw and Dynamite basically touching each other there, Um, touching right at the tips. (laughs) Uh, And look, Raw is doing phenomenally right now. Raw is. Um, Let me see if I can unblur my camera Raw is doing phenomenally Um, I think it's been a great show lately And uh, the ratings reflect all of that Matter of fact I'm going to be really disappointed In anybody I see At the Hall of Fame next year Doing the bow motion events Like you absolutely enjoy Every single thing about the show Since he's been gone Um,
2: Can I call out a bunch of people In our chat right here All right well, I, I I like some of these people. Like drew. They get to get to see BBC uh, Zero Prime BBC. What what guys? To uh, be guys, Blackpool. <laughs> it's BCC. What are we doing with the BBC? What what is to happening? The BBC.
3: Here? Yeah yeah yeah. BBC One. BBC God. 2, BBC what, what is, 3, is happening to our BBC chat? 4, Talking BBC 5, BBC. BBC 6, BBC 7, BBC Heaven! All right, um, so that's all I got here.
2: Will, I got a gift that, that was just handed to me that was supposedly um, this was handed to me by the fiance that she said I'm going to pop for and that I had to do on air. Oh my God, look at this thing, Will Washington. Look at this. It's the acclaimed. Oh, It's the acclaimed headphones. I think I can't open this. I'm not smart enough to open these things. How do I open this? Oh, there it goes. Look at this. The acclaimed headphones, Will Washington. I can rap like Max Caster. You can. I can't open them. There. There we go. I got them. It's headphones, everybody. So now I can go around and I can listen to the acclaimed music. I go look at that. That's what it, uh, one of the gifts my fiance got me because she knows I'm a big. Everybody loves the acclaimed, including myself. Will you scissor me on air?
3: Can we got to get a hand in here. Let's see yeah, so We got
2: to get some
3: some hand scissoring. in there. It's right here. You got to reach over. God. reach over. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah! On air. Bob, That's right. We <laughs> have gotten our first day after dynamite scissor, folks. Thank you for being here. If you haven't gotten sick of me in this last hour and a half, don't you worry. Head on over to FightfulSelect.com because uh, the City boys are going to be answering some questions. And if you got them for us, send them in. If you've already sent them, thank you. And let me make sure I got uh, Humper Chats all squared away. Uh, where is that tab? There it is. I did. All right. So join us over at Ask Grapsity starting in just a few minutes I had to make a couple phone calls and then I will be on. So uh folks thank you for being a part of today's day after Dynamite. If you haven't wished Mr. Jeremy Lambert a happy birthday I think that's the first time in like a year I've said his last name correctly but um, <laughs> Mr. Jeremy Lambert if you haven't wished him a happy birthday yet be sure to do so because it's his birthday.
2: Yes yeah, say happy birthday to me. Uh, thank you to everybody who, who tuned in for Day After Dynamite and tuned into the spotlight earlier today. Go sign up to Fightful Select and check out Paywall Phil. Tell Phil I said hi. Tell Reg I said hi. Tell Reg great work on the, the Black Resilience. Make sure I said that right. Uh, Five hundred Black Resilience 500. Work. Yeah. go Everyone go support Reg. Go support everybody. Everything the Study gents are doing. Uh, appreciate you guys. And yeah, that's it. Go to Fightful Select, everybody. The Acclaimed top of the chain
3: bet you know the name yeah all right well that's it see you next time have a great day peace
4: bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then